0: some people say well i don't like that style you know or this guy dances like that guy or whatever but until you put them muscles on and get out there and try it you know you can't really you know say you don't like this or you don't like that get out there and do it you know it's hard it's tough
1: Welcome back to a very special episode of Radical Narrative. I am your host, Milan Tatusis. For some of you out there, you may know that I dance powwow. I am a men's fancy dancer. I've been dancing probably since I was like, I don't know, 11 years old, 12 years old. I started to get into it full time. Some of you have been dancing out there longer than me. I'm not the best. I'm not, you know, a world champ by any means. I love to get out there and war dance and dance men's fancy. It's how I identify as a dancer and keeps me humble, um, keeps me in tune with my body. The reality with the pandemic though, is that I miss it. I really do miss dancing. And my daughter's at the age now where she's able to dance and she watches me practice. And very quickly she caught on and started to replicate my dance style. So, you know, being the father I am, being the mind type I am, I said, great. She's gonna dance man's fancy. If she wants to do it, let's do it. So I talked to my love. I talked to Wakey Ajay and my partner. And she came up with the idea of saying hey why don't you just sit down and do a podcast on men's fancy and i thought that was a great idea so we marinated on it a bit bounced conversations back and forth reached out to some people and asked some questions and here it is we came up with this podcast for all of you out there now we obviously don't know what she is ultimately going to choose to dance she she may change her mind one day we don't know but as a Men's Fancy dancer, I was like, wow, yeah, that'd be cool. With that in mind, it started to get me thinking, you know, I really want to get somebody on a podcast to talk about Men's Fancy, the way it originated in the South. And I guess I got to give some shout outs to some people who helped with the creation of this podcast. First and foremost, um, my uncle Cecil Gray, uh, Wikia Jane's uncle down there in Oklahoma. I initially had a conversation with him and he bounced it back to me and said, Hey, you got to get a world champ on your podcast. Why don't you reach out to RG Harris? And I reached out to RG and he was down. He was down to have a conversation and talk story about his experiences as a world champ, as somebody who has won Ponca Power. And if you don't know what that is, we're going to talk about it in this episode. Second shout I want to give is to Mr. Jared Pushatanaqua, my second fox brother down there from Meskwaki. We sat down over via text and came up with some key questions we wanted to ask uh, a world champion. And again, it's here for everyone to listen to. I really hope you enjoy this podcast. And for those of you who are not indigenous, for those of you who have not seen a powwow or don't know what we're talking about. There are some links in the show notes. You could actually watch what we're referring to. We have some sound clips in this episode. Some of you are going to be sitting in on a very insider conversation here. And if you still don't get it, that's just too damn bad. It's our podcast and we are going to sit down with RG Harris and have a conversation about men's fancy. So stay tuned and listen in. Awesome, thanks for making time for SRG. I really appreciate the time you're setting aside to talk to us about men's fancy dancing, men's war dancing.
0: Oh yeah, I've been uh, looking forward to this interview. you, know, and I'm real uh, glad, you know, and uh, honored, you know, that you wanna call and talk to me about fancy dancing. You know, this is uh, something I've been doing, you know, for uh, 57 years now, you know. And uh, I, I grew up around it. I guess you could go
1: ahead and introduce yourself to our audience and our listeners.
0: Yeah, hello. My name is uh, R.G. Harris. I'm a second fox and a punker. I'm from uh, Stroud, Oklahoma. And um 62 years old. Old time. i uh, dance, dance world champion and I've uh, been dancing 57 years. and had three knee surgeries and I'm still dancing. But it's... um. You can have surgeries on your knees or whatever, but the, the heart and the spirit is still there. Um, they can't uh, they can't injure my heart and they can't injure my spirit. It's still there because I love this dance. I love the feeling of it. I love to get out there and dance, and that's what I'm here for.
1: Yeah, awesome, awesome. And, and I guess a question for you would be, why men's fancy?
0: Something I always wanted to be, you know. I always wanted to be a fancy dancer, you know. You know, and you see a lot of these commercials, you know. And I want to be like Mike, or I want to be like this guy, or I want to be like that guy, you know. I never wanted to be like that, you know. I always wanted to be a fancy dancer, you know. When I, when, I, when I was growing up, you know, seeing go to powwows, you know, see these guys come to the powwow, you know, and watching, you know, and watch how they act, you know, before they dance, you know, and stuff like that, you know, kind of like idols, you know. So I always learned to be like that. And, of course, you know, I played sports, too, you know, in high school. I was an Oklahoma All-Stater, you know, in 1978. And also I got nominated to, uh, that's the first year they had the McDonald's High School All-America nationwide game, and I got nominated for that, too, you know. So then I went on and played some junior college ball and and, then played one year at uh, Oklahoma City University, you know, D1 ball. Played against some guys that went on to the pros, you know, and stuff like that, you know. But you know, it's was, it was always fancy dancing, you know. It was always my the thing I really wanted to to be, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Went on and uh, worked, you know, and, and I actually coached uh, high school basketball for twenty years too, you know. I kind of stumbled into that though. Some guys wanted to know if I, if, if I'd be willing to help, you know. So I said, oh yeah, I'll help you guys, you know. And coach, you know, for Twenty years. I went to the state tournament twice, to the finals once, and coached a team that won the national All Indian uh, high school basketball tournament that one year in 2004. There they held it in Phoenix at the uh, America West Arena. So um had some titles like that, you know. But fancy dancing was, uh, I guess you might say, my first first love. You know, wanted to be a fancy dancer, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool how you have all this experience in terms of athleticism and sports and even coaching. But you're basing that all on the foundation of being a man's fancy dancer and and dancing fancy.
0: Yeah, it's a. I think I always tell people I had a chance to speak. You know, the, they was having a fancy dance special there in Oklahoma, and I told them I said, "Well, fancy dancers, you know, we're we're just a, a different kind of guy. You know, well, you know how is, you, know, you know, how it feels." We're kind of like, I would say, you know, we're kind of like a adrenaline junkies. You know, you might say, you know, we, we crave, we crave that, you know, prime time under the lights, you know, we're always the last category to go in the evening, you know, and yeah. everybody waits for that category, you know, and, and I think, uh, that's what I liked, you know, that's what I, that's what I wanted to be, you know, I, I like that feeling, you know, yeah. and, uh, wanted to go different places, you know, and, and, uh, Kind of within myself, I didn't say it to people, you know, but within myself, you know, I enjoy going to other reservations, you know, other other Indian country celebrations, you know, and dancing against, you know, their hometown favorites, you know, and Beating them,
1: you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, beating them. And, and, and I guess that's true for you is is that you, you won a lot and you're one of the world champions, and we'll get into that later. But but the fact and the reality is is that, but the fact is you won all over the place and, and you're world-renowned in that regard.
0: My, my late father always told me, you know, if you want to be the best, you know, you got to beat the best, you know. I always, and he always told me, you know, you got to be that guy that they got to beat. you know, you got to be the man tonight. So, you know, that's the attitude I always took in there, you know, but I always had respect, you know, for that dance at the same time too, you know. And-
1: yeah, and, and I guess like for, for those, that aren't familiar with men's fancy how would you explain it to somebody who who doesn't have the experience of actually being out there dancing to the songs and like you say being out there you know on on the friday night lights and and that experience how how do we explain that to people
0: you know my late father always told me you know you you have to respect that drum you know that's the first thing you know because um he told me uh fancy dancing is kind of equivalent to uh, i guess you might say like a rodeo you know he always told me you know you when you go to a rodeo when you see a a good cowboy you know he makes a good ride on a horse or a bull you know well the bull makes the cowboy look good the cowboy makes the bull or the horse look good you know and and then the people they reap the benefits of seeing something exciting you know and he said the uh, same way with the drum you know you're only as good as that drum you know when you draw a good drum you know and they give you that real good spiritual, you know, good song, you know, boy, you're going to dance good, you know, and, um, that's the way it is. And and he always told me too, that, um, you know, you'll never beat that drum, you know, it'll always outlast you and it can always trick you, you know, but if you just go right along with it and, you know, respect that drum, it's going to take care of you. So that's the way I kind of, I kind of carried on like that. A lot of times I would go somewhere and win and, would come back to my uh, home community here, you know, and maybe take some groceries and some money over to maybe like my elders in my community, you know, grandma and grandpa, you know, give them money and bring groceries in and they would always cook for me. Hey, grandson's here. I've always got some money. He must have won somewhere. I'd share that with them to uh, maintain that balance, you know. He told me uh, also that um, uh, life is like a scales, you know, a set of scales, you know you can't always take all the time. You got to give back. And if you don't, you know, then things get out of balance. And that's what happened to me. I believe I was dancing there and winning every weekend and winning here and winning there and got to the point where I would just look on the flyer, you know, and say, well, how much is first, you know? And then, um, and I had a knee injury, mm. you know, and tore, tore meniscus in my right knee. That was the first surgery. And so then I, I uh, had to look at things a little different. So after that, I started to, uh, you know, give, give back, you know, maintain that balance, maintain that balance in my life. Mm. And uh, that even um, goes over to the dancing, I believe, you know, it um, whatever moves, you know, always get to the left, I try to come back to the right, you know, to maintain the balance again, going back to the scales, you know, whatever move I get to the front, you know, always try to come back to the back and, and I kind of... Keep that balance in there, and it makes it look more full. You know, you can always tell when you see somebody that's like a, a person that plays basketball that's really right-handed. You know, everything's to the right. You know, or left-handed. You know, yeah. But if uh, everything is balanced, you know, you don't you don't know what to do. That person, you know, is more of a threat. You know, on the basketball court.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So not only maintaining that balance in terms of, you know, um, receiving some prize money and giving it back to the community, but also with your body, like maintaining the balance with your body in terms of um, your left and right movements and your footwork. And that sport analogy does make sense in terms of somebody being able to utilize their left and right hands and and being ambidextrous in that way is a very useful tool. And and they are very, you know, well-rounded athlete in whatever sports they play.
0: I think uh, sports helped me with my footwork, you know, also, you know, always taught, uh, as a coach, I always taught footwork, you know, to my players and seemed like that kind of mirrored dancing to work on uh, having a good footwork and balance, you know, left, right, forward, back. But I've enjoyed uh, dancing, you know, that's, um, like I say, I've been dancing about 57 years now and I've enjoyed it. I got to uh, go a lot of places. I got to travel to a lot of different reservations and dance against uh, a lot of people. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, and like sports, there is an element of competition because we are technically dancing against each other. We are competing against each other um, as men's fancy dancers. I guess my question would be, how did you view competition in your generation at the time you were dancing?
0: My generation, you know, I was always told, you know, when you put that number on, you know, there's no relatives out there, you know, <laughs> dance to beat that guy, you know. But as uh, soon as you take that number off, you know, then, hey, that's my brother, you know, that's my nephew, you know, that's my uncle, you know. Generation where I come from, we try not to carry it over, you know, and be mad at somebody all week or the next week. Mm-hmm. To have that respect, you know, for that person. Even on the dance floor, you know, when somebody was doing their thing over here in this area, you know, we didn't spin over there, you know, and try to get them out of beat, you know, off yeah. time or something you respect that guy's area, you know, in the same way,
2: you know, they respect yours. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, and I like how you're highlighting, like, the, the, the healthy competition we obviously have as Indigenous people. And in, in your time, that competition was there, but everyone kept it on the dance floor, and there was still respect and, and mutual respect playing out. And I know there's some people out there, you know, just the competitive spirit gets the best of them, and, and, and they tend to linger and stay stuck. And and I guess a lot of your observations and the knowledge you're sharing is coming from the lived experience of being a fa- men's fancy dancer. And and in my mind, you are a legend. Like when when we did have conversations with other men's fancy dancers on, on who we're going to get to talk story about men's fancy dancing, um, everyone was making reference to a world champion, uh, somebody who took uh, who won at Ponca Powwow, and and your name came up numerous times. And and that's partly why. I wanted to reach out to you. And, and I guess I could pos- phrase this as a question and, and I guess ask you what was one of the most memorable moments of your whole dancing experience in your lifetime?
0: One of my uh, highlights of my life, you might say, you know, my dancing career is to be a, a world champion at, at a Ponca, Ponca City, Oklahoma, White Eagle Reservation.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and I guess, like, that's Bregan rights, right? Like, Ponca is is the power to go to and dance men's fancy at, and if you win it, you're a legend. Um, what's the backstory? Like, how did how Ponca did Pow come to be such a
0: specific place for men's fancy dancing? It's the story I was told, you know, back in the uh, late 20s, they had a contest up there in Kansas, you know. They told the fancy dancers, whoever wins this contest, you have the right to take it back home to your reservation and, and say that you can host a home of the world champion, you know? So, um, a punk, man at that time, Augustus McDonald, he won that fancy dance championship. So that's why it came back to Oklahoma. And, um, I've won that four times and got retired from that arena. You know, after you win it four times, you know, they say you're retired. You mm. Can't come back and dance anymore. So that was, um. That was that was a highlight of my dancing career to win. You know where, where they say it came from. And uh, another uh, another thing that I accomplished here this year, you know, was um, I had two knee surgeries, two uh, total knee replacements, you know, because of dancing, you know, basketball, sports, you know, bull riding. That um, I had to have two uh, total knee replacements. But uh, this past year at Ponca forced myself to go back up there and dance again. And um, it was in the golden age, you know, and some people might say, well, it was just the golden age, you know, but to me, you know, to dance again on that, on that grounds, you know, that arena, to be able to come back, you know, from three knee surgeries, you know, and, you know, being older to come back and and dance again, dance there, you know, that was, uh, that meant something to me. I'll put that right up there with my, you know like trophies of dance fancy dancing, you
1: Yeah, yeah. And and that is a feat to be dancing man's fancy in golden age. Like that is a very admirable physical feat, one that, you know, I know a lot of young men's fancy dancers really strive to want to be dancing this dance for as long as possible, as long as physically possible. So it's really cool how you that's up there with, you know, your victories and your championships in the past that, you know, you're still out there dancing.
0: Back back in the 70s and um, probably the late 70s when I started dancing in senior categories. Man, there was a lot of good fancy dancers here in Oklahoma. You know, and we always say, you know, shoot any weekend, you know, there was six, seven, eight guys that could have won. You know, man, you had to turn on Sunday night, man, because, you know, anybody could beat you.
2: Mm. You
0: know, It all came down to who was kind of feeling good, you know, and who got a good song. I had danced against a lot of guys that were that were good fancy dancers. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And what was it like to to observe the style of men's fancy during that time?
0: I was uh, kind of a, in that generation where I got to see some of the real, I would say, pure Southern fancy dancers, that generation before me, you know. I got to see some of those guys, you know. Personally, I got to see them dance, and I got to watch them, you know. and Some of the guys that were my idols, you know, were, you know, out of no disrespect, you know, but I say their name, you know, the late Johnny Whitequell, you know, my big brother, you know, he was one of the champions back then, you know, a lot of good dancers from here in Oklahoma. And I got to see him, And I got to see their style, you know, and I always tell people back then, you know, you could turn off the arena lights and just watch their shadows, you know, and he knew who they were because they had, you know, go-to moves, you know, we knew, you know, we seen that move. Oh, that's so-and-so, you know, oh, that's so-and-so, you know. And sometimes, you know, you see dancers now, you know, where everybody's kind of almost doing the same thing, you know. But back then, you know, man, you know who they were because, well, they, they had all their go to moves, you know. So I got to see those guys and uh, kind of pick out a few moves that I liked from each guy and kind of put it into my routine, you know, out of respect to them, you know. You know I've seen a lot of good dancers from all over here in Oklahoma. And then as, as I started traveling, you know, I got a little older, I start traveling going up to the North Country there, seeing another set of good dancers, you know, and got to dance against them, you know, and it was, a, uh, it was fun. You know, I had fun dancing got to, um, get acquainted and be, uh, made a relation, you know, fellowship, you know, and relationship brothers, you know, and uncles, you know, fancy dancers like that, you know, got to dance along with them and compete with them. You know, and that, that was a good time too.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. And and now I guess we're getting into the details because Men's Fantasy did make its way north um, to my territory in the Northern Plains. And it, it, it did develop a unique style that is, I guess, a bit different than what you are seeing and experiencing down in Oklahoma. And I like how you really highlighted that every dancer had their own unique style and that today... A lot of people are looking and moving in the same way, so we're kind of losing that very unique uh, regional differences or even personal differences. Um, what is the difference, like in in, in in your experience, based off you know your years of traveling and and you being a world champion? What is the difference between northern and southern?
0: Well, uh, uh, like we say, then we go back to the drum. You know, we go back to the drum. Okay. And, uh, the songs were different, you know, for us to come up there, you know, and the, the, we had to learn to dance a different style of song, you know, and, uh, then the dancers, you know, they were, uh, they were, they were good. You know, we had to compete against a lot of the, the champions from there. And then it, it was, it was tough, you know, to come somewhere where nobody had seen you before and you have to almost dance twice as hard, you know, to get noticed. But we had um, some of the things here, you know, was, and then the dance styles were a little different, you know. I think when I first went up north, you know, the the dancers up north, I noticed, were a lot more uh, acrobatic, you might say. You know, there were a lot more, you know, a lot more b- body movement, you know, and did a lot more things, you know, than, than we did when we first went up. But, uh, you know, we had a lot of uh, the old style, you might say, you know, a lot of footwork, you know. Not so much spinning, you know, not so much, you know using the whole dance floor, but just doing, doing our work, you know, right there in one spot. And uh, so the dance styles were a little different back then. And, and uh, we did a lot more footwork, I think, you know. And at that time, you know, it seemed like uh, as we traveled up north too, a lot of the guys, you know, wore spinners, you know. there's not too many rockers back then. Oh, yeah. You know, that was one of the things that we wore down here, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. and And there is still like a northern and southern difference for sure. But again, you know, Seems like a lot of people are blending it and 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 mixing, mixing it up. Um, but but based off your experience, like like what makes um, what are the foundational, what's foundational in terms of dance style that that men's fancy has to consider constantly.
0: As a dancer, you know, I was told by you know my my old people here. There's a lot of things, you know, a lot of things when you see a dancer. You know, a lot of things to look for. First of all, that rocker, you know, that thing's got to be, you know, going just right in time with that drum, you know, right in time with that drum. Then uh, there's many parts, you know, in the body that people don't realize. I don't think that that you look for, you know, you know, when you when you when you're judging the contest, you might say you know, a lot of the dancers down here, you know, we used our arm muscles, you know, a lot of a lot, lot of work keeping your elbows out, you know. A lot of arm muscle movements, you know, left and right, you know. And then uh, shoulders, shoulder movements, you know, different times of the song, you know, using that song, taking advantage of that song, you know. And then uh, even your bottom muscle, you know, using that bottom muscle, you know, shaking the bottom muscle. Then the top muscle, too, also using that. And even your knees, you know, there was moves you could do, you know, using the the knees to make, um, emphasize, you know, moves fancy dance moves and then, then of course the footwork you know and then you have to put all of that together and make it look smooth you know make it look make it look like a everything just everything that you're doing is going right along with that song you know that they're singing you
1: yeah i really like how you're explaining this because there's literally a lot of moving pieces when you're going out there to dance not only with your body, but like even how you highlight, you know, the presence of the drum and how you have a relationship with that drum. And and the drum keeps us humble because, like you say, we'll never outdance that drum. But then there's a flow, like things click and things are going smooth and everything syncs up and it's the ideal moment. What was it like as a dancer to get in that flow where everything's coming together and you're dancing to that drum and and you're out there carrying yourself in that way to to do the best you can in those moments. What was it like for you?
0: It's a, To me, you know, I don't know how other people look at it, but to me it's almost like a spiritual thing, you know. I used to pray before I danced and uh, tell God, you know, I want you to look down on me and, and bless me tonight so that I could dance good for people. I could uh, make somebody feel good out there, you know. I could dance good and do something, make a move like that. They might say, oh, my dad used to do that. Oh, my uncle used to do that. Oh, my grandpa used to do that, you know, and and do something there that's gonna make somebody feel good. And uh, my late father, he told me, he said, the ultimate compliment, you know, winning money is good, you know, but the ultimate compliment somebody can give to you They come up to you, you know, after you dance, come shake your hand. Hey, son, well, you sure made me feel good, you know. You sure, I sure enjoyed watching you dance. I want to thank you, you know, you sure made me feel good. Because my father told me, "You, you don't know what people has been going through, you know, that in their past year of their life, you know, or the past month or the week, or maybe even that day, you don't know what people has been through. But when they, that night when they watch you dance, you know, you might make them feel good and forget about their problems. And you know, just for a couple of minutes, you know, while you're dancing, you might make them feel good. That's when you've done something I was told.
2: Wow. Yeah.
1: I feel like sometimes we forget that, like, especially me as a young dancer with that comparative edge, I, I definitely forgot those moments, but then, you know, you realize that in those moments where everything syncs up there, there is an interesting space where you feel good and the drums there and and you're in this flow state and then at the same time sometimes we do forget that there's people out there that can't move the body the way they used to and and that they're they're feeling that through you and they're observing you in that state and it's a very like powerful experience and i miss dancing like i miss the experience you're you're explaining here and and especially for me in my 30s i definitely need to stay in shape and stay healthy to be able to experience it again not to be like a world champion but you know like you say to to be mindful of my body and and appreciate the good the good life i have and and ultimately you know keeping in mind people are watching me dancing and, and they, they, they see that too and they yeah. experience that too.
0: Yeah, it's kind of a corny thing. You know, people always say, you know, dance for the people, you know, but that's what they used to tell us, you know, when we were younger. You know, there's maybe somebody out there that's uh, maybe an old fancy dancer, you know, or somebody's not feeling good. Maybe, uh, you know, been just got out of the hospital or getting ready to go in the hospital or maybe somebody in a wheelchair or something. You know, maybe he used to be a fancy dancer. But then when they see you dance, you know, then they, or you put a smile on their face, you know, when they come up to you after the you dance, you know, you know how it is when you're drinking a soda or tea or water, you know, you're trying to to calm down, you're all sweaty, you know, and somebody comes up, hey, son, man, you you sure made me feel good, man. Dang. I enjoyed that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, uh, that's what my people say. That's the ultimate compliment there. Mm, Yeah. It's beautiful.
1: Yeah. And then I, I got a question for you. So, so, um, I have two daughters, and 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 their mom, Wakeya Jane, uh, she's Comanche Kiowa, and and she grew up down there, off and on, and and um, her family, they 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 like how my daughter is dancing fancy with me. So every time I bu- you know I practice and we dance a few songs, she's in there. I made her some little sticks, and she likes to practice, and she's starting to to dance fancy now too. And I even put my arm bustles on her back, so she bustles up, <laughs> and she'll be jumping around and everything. And, um, yeah, sure enough, she's dancing with me to these songs. And, and, and I wanted to ask you that question of, of what do you know of, of of women doing this dance down that way?
0: Well, uh, I had a late aunt, and um, they told me she was a fancy dancer. Well, they're back in the 60s, probably the 60s, there was two or three uh, ladies that used to fancy dance. And a couple of them, you know, were pretty good, You know, I was told you know, they would get mad and... They probably outdanced some of the men, you know, but they didn't let them win because, you know, they didn't want to let women beat them, you know. But they used to dance back in the '60s, you know. then in, in, in my generation, there was a couple of uh ladies that danced, you know. And they were they were they were pretty good, you know. But it was a uh, it was okay, you know, for them to dance, you know, fancy. During that time, I never heard anybody say they couldn't, you know. But uh, there, was a, there was a couple of them that danced pretty good. They never beat me, though, you know, but they were pretty good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I, and I really want like people up here to know that, too, right? Because cause I heard some of those stories, yeah. too. And, and you know, as a daughter who's really looking like she wants to bustle up now, too, it's, it's something I, I want people yeah. to, to realize. Because for me, it's not our dance, right?
0: Oh, yeah, well, I think, you know, if uh, anybody asked, you know, just say, well, that, that old guy, R.G., said it was okay because they, used, them <laughs> women used to dance in, in the south, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and nobody had a problem with it, you know, man. They were pretty good, too. There was uh, some dancers from different tribes, you know, and uh, one of my uh, late uh, sisters there, uh, you know, once again, no disrespect, but say her name, you know. Her name is uh, Wilma Blackhall, you know, and she was a good fancy dancer and my sister. You know, I never got to see her, but I heard she was pretty good. You know, mm-hmm. so you know, it's a. Uh, I would say there's nobody that you know, you, nobody that can't dance, you know, fancy. You know, if that's what uh, she feels, if that's what she enjoys, you know, I would say go ahead, encourage them to dance. That's what it's all about. You know, you just want to feel good. Yeah, you know, you dance, you want to feel good. And my age now, I'm 62, and and uh, for me, I'll never be as you know athletic as I used to be, but, uh, I still enjoy that feeling, you know, Mm -hmm. dancing in that arena, putting on that regalia, put on that outfit, you know, I just always tell people when I was younger, I said, uh, I kind of start out like Clark Kent, you know, when I'm just got my street clothes on and pretty soon I'm putting all my stuff on. I said, It's like uh, going to a phone booth, I said, and then when I get everything on, I said, I feel like Superman, Yeah, (laughs) you know, so it's just kind of a transformation, you know, from the street clothes to, I don't know, that outfit, you know, even right now, I got my outfit out and put it in here on my bed and laid it out and I'm looking at it, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's the way, um, that's the way it makes me feel. It's part of me, you know, and I enjoy it. You know, sometimes, you know, people might say, why can't you listen to, um, Call on music all the time, every day. I said, "Well, it's, it's a part of me. Mm-hmm. I like it." You know, when I hear a song, when I hear a song, it's almost you know how it is. You know, you visualize yourself doing doing moves. You know, oh, I would do this on that part of the song. You know, well, I do that. You know, yeah, yeah. But uh, a lot of times when I danced, almost 99 percent of the time when I danced, my wife or somebody asked me, hey, "That one move you did, I've never seen you do that before. You know, where'd mm-hmm. you get that from?" But uh, it goes back to that uh, spirituality part of it you know i believe mm-hmm. um, that song you know it, it, I just you know try to go along with it you know and it, and it caused me to it caused me to make you know movements like that I didn't even realize I was planning on making this move or making that move you know it just mm-hmm. over it just took me over you know and um, that's part of it
1: yeah. And then you brought up the songs like the songs are definitely powerful and they get you moving and, and you could you, you get in that sp- headspace where sometimes it goes by so fast, even <laughs> you just yeah. the songs over. Right. And it's done. Um, but what about the songs? What are some things people should realize, especially about like Southern songs or, or, or those war dance songs? Because my partner, my love, Waikia Jane, her family, when we were down there visiting, uh, we, we sat down and had some conversation around breakfast. And, and her grandmother, Marilyn Bread, um, at, around the breakfast table, started talking story and started to share some information. And, and she she told me pretty strictly about, you know, respecting the war dance songs and respecting it as a as a war dance because she was a little bit skeptical. I was from the north dancing fancy. <laughs> and uh, but but she did give me some pretty good words. And then I really took that to heart. So. Yeah. So w- what are some things people should realize about, you know, them southern songs or, or even the war dance
0: story? Yeah, I was. Uh, I just happened to call one of my brothers uh, last week about that, you know, because uh I knew you wanted to visit with me about fancy dancing, and I didn't want to come on here and you know say something that I'm not sure about. I wanted to research, you know, even further. And I called uh, my my um, big brother there, Jimmy Kimball. He's a lead singer for uh, Yellowhammer. I, I called him up and I said, "Hey, bro, I asked you about some songs here. And I always do that, you know, ask you about this song, and we we visit and you know call each other about once a week." And I said, "Hey, these songs, you know that." that, um, that we dance nowadays. I so said those, cause I know the inner tribal, the punkas, the inner tribal songs. Each one of them has a meaning in you know? them. Each one of them songs they sing about, uh, maybe they sing about a battle that they were in, you know, or a hunting expedition or something. They sing about those and then people that were talented at that time, you know, they put them to music. But a lot of the songs that uh, I was asking my brother that they sing nowadays, some of the older songs, they had meaning too. A lot of them, a lot of those songs. And uh, he sang a couple of songs to me and told me the meaning of them. I didn't even realize, you know, that's what they meant. But uh, some of the popular shake songs, you know, that we, we dance to nowadays, and uh, you know, we used to dance to, and they still sing them a little bit. You know, they talk about a, some of them talk about a, a buffalo hunt, you know, or maybe a hunting. Story that they went to, or they'll talk about uh, getting ready for a battle. And uh, he told me that uh, they had a society there amongst the punkas and it was a four-day event. Those songs they would start out slow on the first day, and kind of second day build up, and third day a little bit faster, and then that final day, you know, before those those uh, warriors are getting ready to go out, you know, well they sing them real fast songs, you know, kind of like the fancy dance songs nowadays. So that story was shared with me, but um, a majority of the songs, the older songs, yeah, they all had they all had stories behind them. You know, they're all when they were translated to English, they had stories. Then, uh, of course, you know there were there were uh, some of the songs that were you know recent, you know recent. You know, they're just you know kind of maybe like melodies or tunes, and you know they got the trick song style. You know, but it's, they sound good. You know, and they're all they're all good. All the songs are good. You know, I always tell, tell people, you know, whatever they sing, you know, I'll dance to it. You know, I was teasing somebody and telling them the story. I said, one time I was uh, practicing in the garage and people were driving by, you know, it was at nighttime, had the light on. And I put on a Michael Jackson tune. Boy, that song was going. boss, fancy dancing to that mm-hmm. Michael Jackson tune. Boy, and when you had them cut kind a of beats in there, you know, I put in a fancy dance move, you know. People were driving by, looking at me, and I'd say, "Hey, what's wrong with that guy? He's probably going crazy, over there, or there. Uh, it?" But it it's just, uh, you know, as a dancer, I hear, I hear, a, when I hear a song, you know, I hear, I hear that beat. You know, of course, there's that natural beat that, that the the is going to. But in between there, well, you know how it is. In between beats, you know, you can do moves. In between, you know, hesitation, hesitation moves, you might call them, you know, or whatever. But um, always, that's I, that's the way I hear things. Whenever I hear something, like everything is a everything is a rhythm to me. <laughs>
1: another question for you too. Is is like a lot of this dance, like men's fancy, it's taken over North America. You know, young men like dancing it, um, and it's popular. Like you, like you said, we're always the last category where the showstoppers and and people will stick around to watch us, right, close off the night. But what do you observe about how the dance traveled and how it's being developed today in other parts of the country?
0: Well, notice um, back when we were dancing, that even the the way we dress changed. I think the north really, you know, the north really impressed us, you know. We were uh, more of a belt, you know, and a harness and cuffs. And uh, the the aprons were short, you know, and the the leggings or the furs, you know, were short. And then when we started uh, seeing some of the denters from up north, you know, they had longer fringe, you know, and more beadwork, you know, and and that really kind of influenced, I think, a lot of our Southern dancers. We, we liked that, you know. We liked that, and we liked uh, some of the styles that they had and some of the things, moves that they did. And we would go up there and dance, you know, a couple of weeks, you know, maybe two, three weeks, then we'd come back to the South and we'd break out those moves. And they'd be new here, you know, but we'd see them every weekend up there. And and uh, this, we kind of uh, took some of their moves and their style brought it back down this way and I'm sure, you know, some of the dance styles here, you know, and whatever went up there too, you know, but it's kind of a, I've noticed it's kind of almost melted into one style here. You know, you hate to say, you know, but there's a lot of good fancy dancers, man. i tell you what, when I go to Apollo and I, of course we stay around for the fancy dance, you know, and uh, man, it's just, it's amazing. The dancers, you know, with the, the agility, you know, stuff they can do. And the songs are really fast now, too, you know. Back then, it was more of a medium beat. Maybe they, they focused down here in the South. They focused on uh, footwork, style, you know, body movements, you know, keeping the rocker going, you know, things you could do, you know, balance, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and now it's kind of uh, all, all the music everywhere It's evolved into real fast, you know, tricky songs and a lot of stops, you know, but it's, it's exciting. I I like it too. I noticed that's one of the changes that I've seen. But it's all good. It's all good. Uh, Some people say, well, I don't like that style, you know, or this guy dances like that guy or whatever. But until you put them muscles on and get out there and try it, you know, you can't really, you know, say you don't like this or you don't like that. Get out there and do it. You know, it's hard. Tough, you know. And if you're a really competition dancer, that's a kind of a year-round thing. You know, you got to stay in shape. Got to start watching what you eat, you know, and get off the soda and run during the week. And used to lift weights during the week, run, dance the songs, you know, put songs on the tape and dance and lift weights and everything. You know, when it was competition dancing. So it's, it's a tough thing to do, but it's, um like I say, going back to that adrenaline stuff, you know, man, it's a high, man. You know, and there's nothing like it. You, know, you can tell somebody, oh, this or that, you know, but until you get out there, man, you experience that. You experience that high that you get from dancing, man. There's There's nothing like it.
1: Yeah, for sure. And that's partly why I wanted to sit down and talk with you is because, you know, everyone remembers R.G. Harris. And I remember hearing your name and people saying, you know, one of the best from Oklahoma and and everyone was saying his rockers were good. He's smooth. And and I never got to see you because I I was just a young guy up here. (laughs) And uh, Mm -hmm. and then but I saw some videos because I I went to college with Dugan too, your son. We were buddies in college.
0: Oh, yeah. And
1: uh, and. Yeah. And I saw the videos and I was like, sure enough, you know, the rockers were smooth and they never stopped moving until the drum stopped and they never stuttered and real smooth. And that always stuck with me as a dancer. Uh And, and so like watching you dance on those videos was really like motivating for me. And I guess like the question from your perspective too would be, um, um, what makes a dancer stand out in your eyes? Like, what do you look for in a dancer?
0: Um, in in my, my point of view is, uh um, Of course, the rockers first thing, you know, we look for you. That rocker's got to be going, keeping in time to drum. And for me, when I uh, look for a dancer, I look for footwork, footwork and balance, you know. And, uh, of course, there's a lot of uh, moves that a lot of guys do at the same time of a song. And the creativity, you know, somebody come out and do a little bit something different. But mostly, for me, it's the footwork. See a guy do something to the left, you know, do a move like that, boom, come back, do it to the right, you know. A couple of spins back to the left, you know, boom, come back, a couple of spins to the right, do a move going forward like that, come back, do it backwards, you know. Keeping that balance, keeping that balance. Arms, keeping the arms out like that. a lot of times, you know, when guys get tired, man, first thing, the arms come down. But if you keep them arms out, you know, and being in control, showing, showing, showing the judges and showing the people that you're in control. You know, like I say, everything that I try to, everything that I talk about always goes back to what I was told, you know, I don't call myself this or I don't call myself that. I just, I just could say, I remembered what I was told. You know? And uh, it's, it's like a challenge that, that drums challenging you, you know, you're challenging that drum, you know, to a point, you know, like, what like my late father said, you'll never beat it. You know, that drum will always outlast you. Them songs can be long, they'll outlast you. Or they can sing and sing a trick song and, and trick you and beat you, you know, you lose. But if you go along with it, just try it. you know, respect that drum, go along with it, you know. Kind of a couple of steps behind it, he told me. You know, it's going to take care of you. you know, it's going to take care of you. So that's what I look for, you know, just that guy that's in control out there, you know. Doing these moves out there, a lot of footwork, you know, a lot of body body work in the rocker. And um, I always told my wife I, I didn't want to. Whenever they would have a contest or especially like a spotlight or something, I always tried to be the last one, you know, to dance because I wanted. And these other guys that went before me, you know, kind of doing the same thing, kind of doing the same thing, you know, doing the same thing. I always wanted to have the people on the edge of their seats because I wanted them to think hang on, hang on, somebody might say, let's go home, you know, everybody's already danced. Hang on, hang on, hang on, RG's going to be the last one. I know he's going to do something different, you know. You know, I know he's going to bring something that nobody ain't done yet. So, once again, you know, back to prayer again. That's why I prayed, you know, that I could do something that would be, you know, kind of, you know, make people feel good, you know, put a smile on their face, you know. And even, the. even some of the guys I dance against probably went, damn, you know, RG, you know, I I've never seen that move before, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know, just to make people feel good, you know, and I always wanted to be kind of just a little bit different. Mm hmm. hmm. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. I really like how you're, you're, explaining not only the dance but also you know what catches the eye and and this is all coming from again the legit perspective of you being a champion dancer who who carried this dance for so long and and helped it evolve into what it is today obviously and and you're coming at it from a lot of experience and a lot of years dedicated to this dance and honoring this dance and I guess for me a question I have is what is your most memorable moment you have of doing this dance what stands out the most in your memory
0: I think uh, probably um, at the time was probably Red Earth I think back in 96 95 96 because uh, that was kind of long about the time when um, the northern style music hadn't really come down necessarily too much you might have a big powwow like that back when Red Earth was big you know where people around here got to hear Northern-style singing, you know, in person. You know, and then um, a lot of people up north got to come down and hear Southern-style music in person, you know. So that's about the time it was kind of we were getting a dance to their style and they were getting a dance to our style. And I remember this particular spotlight because uh, well, I, I like that spotlight because you can't hide you know, a lot of times, you know how it is, you know, when you get tired, you know, sometimes they want to spin towards the middle, you know, and kind of hide yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So, till the last start. <laughs> that last push-up, then come back out to the outside, you know, and finish strong, you know. And you know, it's kind of a trick, you know, when you get tired or you're hurting or something. But um, when that in that spotlight, man, there's no place to hide, man. <laughs> so mm-hmm. always, uh, that was maybe intimidating to some people. But to me, i seen that as opportunity, you know. Now people's going to see this stuff, the little things that I do that maybe might get covered up with everybody spinning around and doing all kinds of stuff. You know, now they're going to get to see me do my stuff out here and go to work. And uh, that was a uh, pretty good a highlight because I'd learned a song from Whitefish um, Juniors, a hop song I'd learned from it. You know, from my bro there, uh, Harvey Harvey Greber's you know. And it just so happens when we uh, were drawing out of the hat, you know, when they had the spotlight, you had to draw out of the hat, which uh, two drums you would get, you know, a hop song and then a shake song. So I drew um, Whitefish Jr. for my first song. I um, took tobacco over to my bro and said, Hey, bro, remember that one song? I, 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 that one song I know. I said, Could you sing that one for me? And he said, Yeah, said, sure enough, brother, we'll do that for you. So they sing that song for me. So at the time when when that when that was going on, not a lot of the dancers in the South know I heard Northern style hop songs, you know. So it's kind of like I was kind of one of the first ones to really get to show that style. So I got to dance to that, you know, and got to put in a lot of almost mix a little Southern style in with it you know, put some steps in there, you know, and this, that, back to the left, back to the right, you know, forward move, backwards move, you know, uh, spin to the left, spin to the right, you know, hesitation move, you know, you know, so I got to put a lot of that into that song and, man, it came out, came out good, man, so that was probably one of my highlights of dancing.
2: Let's welcome
0: first time in this arena, you can tell that. Quite a showman right here, all of these young men. Let
2: us know when you're ready, R.G. Harris.
1: All right, Whitefish Jr. that video is available on youtube we're going to link it up in the show notes so our listeners could see what we're talking about here and observe what we're talking about here that very specific uh solo in the spotlight you did at red earth at that time because not everybody gets to be out there and that's why i wanted to sit with you and have this conversation around this dance because you know you're the world champion you won a few times uh numerous times you know ponka powwow and that's really cool to hear and and like i said not everybody gets to be out there in the dance arbor and 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 experience what we're talking about here so i feel really privileged to have been able to dance and and get on that dance floor and in dance arbor and, and and experience what we're talking about here i mean i'm not i'm not the world champ i mean you're the one that won ponka powa numerous times so it's really i'm really humbled to sit with you and, and share in this conversation and and listen to what you have to say about um not only you know red earth but even even ponka powa and and having gone through that experience too is really unique
0: like i say you know the the, the top thing for me you know is Dancing that Ponca, you know, where, where it came from, you know, and um, being considered a world champion there. You know. But I won a lot of championships all over, you know, and I enjoyed myself dancing here and there. And, you know, I had ultimate respect for all the communities where I dance, you know. and um, But, you know, just if you ask me my favorites, you know, I'd be winning here, you know, went in that Ponca at White Reservation, you know, home of the world champions, that's what they say. There's a sign out in front. There used to be a sign out in front there when you come in, drive into the Powell grounds that said, oh, welcome to uh, welcome to uh, White Eagle Reservation, home of the world championship, where champions meet champions. And I always got fired up when I seen that, you know. Yeah, and there's a dancer, too. You know, I was telling my wife, I said, there's always something that kind of to somebody else, you know, like to somebody else driving driving in the Powell ground and seeing that sign you know they might not even read what it says you know but there was always something for me that kind of pushed a button mm,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know and it caused me to turn on you know yeah and i told her i said when i read that sign you know every time i come in you know we're champions meet champions i want to be the champion of all the champions you know <laughs> so just just you know between <laughs> yeah. myself you know and challenge myself and not to be um you know talk anyway you know but and within myself, you know, I tell myself that you know, I want to be the champion of champions, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I love that about dancing and fancy those because we're all we're all bros and we're all kin when we're out there. But there is that competitive edge where, where you are battling each other. But it's always first and foremost, like like you said, you know yourself, and you're challenging yourself. And even for me, it's just like I want to survive that one song, or I want to f- survive those two songs, and 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 finish the day off good, <laughs> good way. Um, and but at the same time. You know, you you battle your bros, and and you know, competitive edge comes out in a good way, and and that's enjoyable too. And and a little battle happens, and then you're still bros afterwards. So that that it's cool how how that was still a real thing back then too.
0: Yeah, I think uh, of course all the categories you know want to dance and want to win, but, but I think like I say, I always tell people fancy dancers, you know, we're 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 a little bit different, you know, you know, we're we're just uh, we like that adrenaline, you know, we like that challenge, you know. We like that being out there on by ourselves, you know. We like that spotlight, you know. We, we like being challenged, you know. We are—I think—we're the ultimate competitors, you know. We want to want to beat somebody. We want to just go out there and do something, you know, and you know, have somebody say, "Damn, man, you know, man, you went off, man," you know, stuff like that. You know, that's that's what we like, you know. but like you say, you know, when the power is over, you know, we go buy each other dinner, you know, and sit down at the table and eat, you know. And, Stuff like that, you know, feed each other, you know, families, you know, buy your, your bro, you know, family a meal at the buffet or whatever, stuff like that, you know. But we're on the dance floor, you know. I'm going to try to beat you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: it's a, it's a war zone sometimes <laughs> in a good way. Yep, yep, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Yep, exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, since I got you here sitting down, I want to, I want to ask you a question about, um, how does like the next generation move forward in terms of respecting the dance, learning it and, and, and taking it forward into the future?
0: Yeah, I hope, um, I've noticed, you know, and you've noticed it too, that, uh, some of the dancers, you know, now kind of almost take it personally, you know, when they're dancing out there, it seems like getting mad, you know, when they don't win and, and kind of you know i, I kind of will see it out of the corner of my eye and guy gets mad when he doesn't win or gets mad and says the judges weren't this or weren't that or the powwow committee or this you know but really you know when you get right down to it the, the way i was told the way, the, way the, the elders told me you know be glad you can dance you know be glad you can get out there and do these things it's a it's a gift you know, the Creator gave you a gift to dance. He gave you a gift to move around, to make people feel good. He gave you a gift to uh, move, make these movements, you know, and, and um, feel that spirit of the drum, you know, and, and and go right along with it. And, and as a result, you know, people feel good watching you dance, you know. hmm
1: yeah. And, and you mentioned, too, that how, you know, things sort of took a, a different turn when when money became more involved. I mean, you know, money was always there in terms of competition, but then, you know, it kind of started to skew things a little bit. And, and can you mention what took place in your observation on how that competitive edge was influenced by, I guess, like the increase of pli- prize money and, and sponsorship of, of POWs and things like that and how we have to be mindful of that today?
0: I guess in the early nineties, I guess the casino, part of the casino, Paulo, start offering more money you know? and when that money came in came in greed also, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, my advice to, um, the next generation, you know, you know, like your daughter and different young ones coming up is, um, try to ask questions, you know, so some of the older dancers, you know, and learn that respect, you know. For that arena, you know, learn that respect for that drum, you know, learn that respect for that dance, fancy dance, you know, what it represents, you know, you know. I Always try to think about a horse, you know, when I'm dancing, you know, when you see a horse, you know, boy, you see, you know, when he's just standing there, you know, you know he's fast, you know he's strong, you know, you know he's the endurance, you know, is high, you know. I always think, you know, that's I try to make some of my moves like that horse, you know and uh, try to mimic that horse and how I can see what move, you know. You know, one of my uh, bros, too, from, um, what's that one group there? They had the group from up north there. They, they gave me a nickname, mm. and I said, hey, what, what does that name mean? They said, they're calling me a Mustang or a horse or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I guess some of them moves I made kind of reminded them of a horse or something. I said, well, that's a compliment, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, Misatim and Cree is horse, so <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool know, so nickname.
0: I'm, but Yeah, I would just say, you know, just ask some questions. You know, go back and do, do their research and talk to uh, their fathers or their uncles or their grandpas and, you know, have that respect for that dance. Carry on from where, where we left off, you know. Mm-hmm,
2: yeah.
0: They, that's what they told me and that's what the dancers told me is, you know, you're coming up, you know, you're next, you know, take these stories and don't add on to them or don't take away from them. Just tell them the way we told them and you'll be all right. Mm-hmm. And that main thing always got out of all the talks that I've had to listen to, you know, and sit down and listen to them was the respect, you know, yeah. don't forget that. Cause don't let it get too, um, too, too much money, you know? Yeah course, we've got to have money to survive, but, you know, be thankful for what we got.
1: Yeah, for sure. Especially in these times of pandemics, powers aren't as much as they used to be up here, and I'm really missing it. So it like yeah. just to be out there again, man, I'm I'm going to appreciate it. Like, I just want to be in that moment. You know, I want to be in that third push-up. <laughs> push through it. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly, man. Yeah, and, if, and if nobody's ever sent you there, they don't know what you're talking about, you know. Because yeah. that third push-up can be, uh, you know, that's the point there, you know, in the song where you know you either feel good or you don't, you know. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. I didn't run
0: enough this week, you know, and just legs start burning, you know, or 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 when that third push up comes, you know, you're feeling strong. You're like, Oh yeah, shit, man, I'm getting ready to blow everybody away on the fourth push up, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I appreciate you making time for me and sitting down with us, and and uh, sharing what you what you know, what you remember, what you experience. Because it's all wisdom. It's really good and refreshing to hear you, you know, put things back into perspective too. Around, you know, just being grateful yeah. to dance and having your body and having those movements is a blessing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the things too, you know, that kind of um, did it again. You know, was I had two total knee replacements when I had the first one. After you have that surgery, you know, you're basically in bed and you can't move, you know. So that makes you think, you know, man, I remember, you know, when I used to be able to fancy dance, you know, used to be able to do this and get around good, you know, and you have to go from, uh, from a walker to crutches, you know, to a cane and pretty soon walking and you can kind of jog a little bit and stretch and then, kind of half a push-up, you know, on a song, and pretty soon you're dancing. One push-up, you know, and then make it through two push-ups, and then you make it through a song. So it, it uh, brings you back to earth, you know. I appreciate being able to dance again. It's, it's done that for me. So that was a good thing. You know, all the hope the next generation would learn is, you know, be thankful. Because not everybody can dance. Not everybody can, you know, not everybody's a fancy dancer. Makes a different kind of person. You know, it's in uh, physically. You got to be in good shape. You know, it, it's it, it makes you tired. You know, it makes a good tired. And, you know, mentally. You know, you got to be you got to be right there, man. You got to be on it. You know, got to be there, man. You got to know what's going on and be prepared. So it's it's a good thing. Fancy dancing's a good thing. is a good thing. A good thing. And, uh, but it all goes back to the drum. You know, the singers. You know, we we. Um, we depend on them. We depend on the song, you know, we depend on how they how they what song they sing first is gonna have it depends on how I'm gonna dance, you know.
1: Mhm. Yeah, you're really tying it all together here and, and even, you know, reminding me and, and, and teaching me um what I have to do to to be grateful for this dance and to be thankful for my body thankful for the singers and the drum out there that that make us look good and and sharing this with with people who can't dance or people who you know are in the audience and may not be feeling too good and to be respectful like be respectful and and it was cool how you shared those stories of you know um everyone having a unique style and 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 for young people to be um uh, mindful of that too and and just to be thankful for your body and what it does it's really cool to hear this and, and and it coming from you, you know, tying it all together and sharing this knowledge, it's, it's really good to hear. And I guess I, I want to ask you, you know, is there, is there anything you want to say or anything you want to bring up and cover?
0: Oh, just, uh, been thinking about it, you know, since you first, uh, you know, approached my family about this. And I think it's real good that, um, somebody's actually taking time out to, you know, do some research on the dancing and, and, um, giving honor to, in the South country here where it came from, you know, and, um, just appreciate that. And then, um, the tribe, you know, where it came from and myself being a part of that tribe, you know, the punker tribe, we're proud of that part and being a world champion there. Just the dancing, you know, i real just real glad and grateful that, uh, you know, you wanted to do something like this to find somebody, you know, to talk about the dance and, do the research on it, you know, because like, like now, you know, it's almost, um, you can almost turn on the video and see something. Oh, I want to, I want to do that, you know, without even knowing where it came from
2: mm-hmm.
0: or what it represents. Yeah, for sure. So I'm just real glad, you know, I'm thankful that you, you know, you wanted to do that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, for me, part of the reason I wanted to do this was um, it's not our dance, right? It, it made its way north over over the last, you know, mm-hmm. couple decades. So, and I mean, Plains Creek, Nakoda people, we have our dances, we have our style. But yeah, this fancy dance we picked up a little bit later and it, it, it made its way north. Yeah. And I was always told to be, you know, respectful of it because it's not our dance and to be mindful of it. And all dances, you know, in my mind are, are gifts from the creator. But this one comes from a people too, so I really wanted to be respectful with that dancing. It, you know, my entire yeah. time.
0: Yeah, that's good, man. That's good. You know, it's um, it's good. It's made its way. You know, like you say, it's nationwide now. But it um, it's almost to me, it's like we've complimented each other. You know, the dance was here and the fancy dance style. Then, as I've seen fancy dancers come down from the north, it's almost like. But dang I wanna made it more exciting than we was dancing, you know. <laughs> you know, and brought some things in and like I say, you know, we copied some of the stuff they did and you know, maybe they copied some of the stuff we did. But it always came back to, you know, respect. I always enjoyed dancing and going different places and competing all over and and, and um taking my style, you might say. I'm never uh Speaking of style, you know, I never really try to dance like somebody else. I'll just try to do what I do, you know, and, and try try to make people feel good. You know, and dance. You know, I've had pretty good success with that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. That's amazing. I like also too how you know you 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 brought up respect and and. Um... You know, being respectful of of the dance, but the songs also, and and also the people doing the dancing. Because I like how you highlighted. You know, some people take it too serious in the audience, and and you tell them, you know, bustle up and get out there and try it, because <laughs> it's it's different
2: when yeah. you're out there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's different. Yeah, it's a little different when you're out there. You. Know? Yeah, I've had people say that. You know, and and um, that's going back to another story, my late father told me, and you know, I said, you're not going to please everybody. You know, as long as you you know, as long as you please about 75% of the people, then you've done a pretty good job because there's always going to be that 25% that's going to go to the next power and complain and go to the next power and complain. But the main thing, you know, you just got to enjoy yourself, you know, dancing, you know, try to make people feel good. You know, there's always going to be somebody say something, but just stay focused, you know, and do what you do, you know, enjoy yourself while you're dancing. Know know why you're dancing, you know, and, well, I've never, you know, mm-hmm. never had too much trouble with it, you know. Of course, you know, there's some people say, "Well, you shouldn't have won, or this, or you do that, or you turn this like somebody." Or some, well, you know, just all, all in good, all in good competition, all in good fun. You know, the fancy dancers, you know, we're all right, but sometimes people outside, you know, might say something, but it's all good, you know. To me, like I say, you know, well, if you think you can think you can beat me and you know, put some bustles on and then we we'll put a we we'll put a song on the and we'll dance to it. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, a little it's, different dancing, you know
1: how it is. Yeah, it is. It's it's different, it's unique and there's nothing else like it like when you're out there and uh it's like one of the best feelings in the world and you can't really explain it.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a it's a high man. It's it's definitely a high What's the dream you know. Hearing that song and dancing to it, feeling good, making people feel good—that's what it's all about, I think.
2: Yeah.
1: And what about what about advice for somebody who's training? Then, like someone who wants to get out there and survive—you know, those two songs, or even those three (laughs) songs—and get through that third push-up. How would you recommend someone starting to train and and want to get you know active enough to do that?
0: Yeah, I tried uh, different uh, different uh, techniques about uh, fancy dancing. Uh, One summer, I tried to ride. Uh, ten speed, but it made my uh made my legs real uh kinda like I couldn't do some of the moves. it was real kind of stiff, like mm-hmm. and the maybe the bites you know the muscles that you use for a bite it was it didn't go along with fancy dancing, and then I tried um mm-hmm. jumping rope was pretty close
2: mm-hmm. yeah
0: you know because it, you know you know how it is when your calves start burning, you know you know then then your lower back. That's pretty close to fancy dancing, but the best thing I could say for uh, trying to get in shape for fancy dance is uh, just put on a tape and fancy dance, yeah. you know, because yeah. uh, there's, there's nothing else like it in the whole world. Exactly. There's no kind of training that I could say, you know, well, if you do this, you know, it'll make you a good fancy dancer. Yeah. To me, there's, you just got to practice, but uh, jumping rope always helped a uh, jump rope, you know, and, um. My dad used to make me uh, run and um, take me down by the river and run in that sand, yeah. real deep sand. Yeah. You know, that that always helped. But uh, then I used to run during the week, jump rope, you know. I didn't start lifting weights till later on, but mostly just jumping rope and running and just putting on a tape and dancing to it. And that gives you the right amount of time, you know, your body has to... Your body has to perform, you know. Yep. Four yep. push-ups, you know, and then I'd even walk around like in between songs. Yeah. You know, I picture myself and uh, imagine, you know, the the MC talking, you know, and giving us a break, and then okay, fetch you the second song, you know, and then I hit the tape again and dance that second song, so that your body gets your body gets uh, trained to that time, you know, that you're pushing your body hard, that you get a little break there, and then you got to go again, you know. So I I did that a lot.
1: Yeah, and it's easy nowadays with that YouTube. You just gotta play the powwow video, and then they have the contest there back to back, and just like you're really there.
0: <laughs> yeah, and even uh, even old as I am, you know, like I say, I'm I started dancing when I was five, and I'm uh, 62 now. Even even like tonight, you know, right around seven o'clock, eight o'clock, you know. I started getting kind of nervous a little bit, you know, because my my body knows, you know, it's not grand entry time, Saturday night, you know, and and I was like, oh, shoot. But it's, it's, you know, it's been trained, you know, to be ready, you know, at that time, you know, Friday night, you know, Saturday night. Yeah. Even if if you're not dancing or even if you're watching the video, and then they say, "All right, man, I'm fancy," be started by you know, yep. man, your heart starts like beating fast, you know, yeah. <laughs> like oh, you know, it's like you're there, you
1: know. Yeah, that's true. That happens to me a lot too. Even when I hear a new song, I get a bit nervous because I don't know it. Like even just on YouTube or you know, someone playing it on a CD, I was like, I never heard that, and it kind of makes you nervous. So you got to hear it like a few more times <laughs> and put it in your mind. Yeah, that's <laughs> another
0: thing too. You know, especially nowadays, is uh, you really got to do a lot of research with the songs you know all the drum groups are making new songs you know sometimes you know over the winter you know, mm-hmm. so they're come out with new songs so you got to be you got to be real you know up on the latest songs too because you really can't really do what you want to do if you don't know where that song is going to stop you know and you're kind of hesitant you know but uh, if you if you get that one song and a lot of times the drums too they'll um i know uh a lot of times, you know, if you're in a tie or something then drum groups, say who the tie is, you know, they'll, you know, a lot of times they sing songs that I knew, you know, so that, you know, they know that I could do what I wanted to do in that song that I didn't have to hesitate because I didn't know where the song was going to stop. And you know. one story that I had there real quick, I was, um, me and my wife went to Powell on Rocky Boyd and that they had, they had fancy Dance special Thursday night at Little Shelf. They were dancing for a set of bustles and five hundred and I had a lot of money back then. So we went over there and man, it was cold that night. So it was so cold. We know how it is, you know, when you're dancing, it's cold. Man, you look like horses out there, boy, you're breathing and that smoke's coming out. Yeah. Steaming.
1: Yeah, you got your steam.
0: Steam's coming up your head from where you're sweating, you know. So boy, we got down to the finals and that family was standing up there and boy we danced um, we danced nine songs and I was tired. And I thought, well, to myself I was thinking I don't know why we did that many songs, you know, pretty much the moves I made on that first song were probably what I'm going to do on the second and third song, you know, but I kept it in there, you know. So they were, after the ninth song, where they all gathered up and I went, oh, this ain't good, man, because they're going to say one more song. Mm -hmm. So sure enough, well, the family gathered up and they were talking and they told the radio director, they want one more song. It was a tenth song. I was like, man. I could just walk off, you know, and go back to the car and get rested up. But, um, you know, as bungee dancers, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can't do that, man. That's it's like giving up. You know, I mean, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. So I was sitting there going, well, I'm going to, whatever they sing, you know, I'm going to give it my best. And then uh, about that time, they said, all right, Mandarin, stand by. So I looked over to um, Mandarin seniors. The late Bill was sitting over there, and boy pointed at me, you know, and put the thumbs up, you know, and I thought, I wonder what that means, you know, but. It must be good, you know. Yeah. But I guess I had a grandfather way back there, maybe in the 60s or 70s or so, that was friends with uh, one of the singers up there. And, and uh, they traded some tapes, I guess. Mm. So uh, Mandarin knew some of the southern songs. So this was back when we hardly didn't We'd go up north, but none of the dancers would hardly come down south. Yeah. So in the 10th song, uh, Mandarin sang a shake song, polka song. So none of them guys knew it, huh? So I was the only one that made all of them stop. So, man, uh, I, I won that special on the 10th song. Wow. Uh, Mandaree sang me a Southern song, man. Save me, boy. Oh, man. <laughs> right on. So I won the 500 and set of bustles, man. Oh.
2: Wow,
1: that's amazing. And this is legendary. That's that's Mandaree and, and you.
0: <laughs> that's, you know, that goes back to, once again, you know, that drum, you know, getting along with that drum. You know, they, they sang a song that I could dance to, you know. Mm-hmm. So they made me look good, and I turned around and made them you know, look good. Boy, mm-hmm. worked out, man. We connected. Yeah,
1: yeah, and that's a legend story. Like that's legendary for you to be dancing to Mandry at that time, and, and up here at that time. Um, it's 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 a pretty unique story, and again, it ties it all together. You know, dancing dancing to a drum, and, and you know the drum, um, never going to outbeat it, like you say. And, and you know sometimes it syncs up good, and you're in that moment, and it all works out smooth. Yeah, that's really good. Really good information here. I'm really excited to see how you know people share this and listen to us cuz you know, when we go to powas, we, we we do get to sit down and visit, but you know, men's fancy dancers we we're, we're in the zone. <laughs> you know, what I mean, we're always focused on yeah, yeah. trying to survive the weekend and checking our our body, making sure we're good, trying not to overeat. So sometimes we don't get to visit and sit down and talk story like this. So it's really good to sit with you, mm-hmm. you know, world champion and have a conversation like this.
0: Yeah, it's a yeah, you're you're always worried about not eating or eating too much, you know, or not eating enough, or then you don't feel like visiting with somebody then you can't visit with somebody right before the contest because, man you're you're in that zone, man. You don't want to dang visit with anybody and you are thinking about this and the songs, you know, and putting all the moves together and everything. So yeah, it's right, man. It's good sometimes to sit down and get the visit.
1: Yeah, for sure. And again, you know, sh- thanks for sharing this knowledge and and you have and you learned, and again your experiences you tied it all into that personal story, and that's why I wanted you on here. You know, <laughs> can't sit with an audience member and and talk fancy dance. I wanted somebody who's been in there and been out there and and literally won. You know, the world championship.
0: Yeah, that's just what, whatever I think. Whatever I said, you know, that's I you know, can take it back. You know, it's, it's what I was told and what I learned. Stories I was told to and respect that I had, you know, so yeah, that sounds good, man. I appreciate, uh, like I say, you know, appreciate you, uh, thinking about me. You know, there's a lot of, lot of good dancers out there and a lot of champions, you know, and appreciate you choosing me, you know, to talk about it and try to do the best I can and tell you what I was told, you know, and share and, and, and carry on stories that was told to me and now I share them with you, you know, and you can take them on, tell your children, you know, and on and on, you
1: know. Yeah, there's some there's some guys I I sh- I shot this the questions to some friends and other dancers and and they they kind of even asked questions like they added to those questions I gave you. And um so everyone's really curious to hear, you know, your knowledge and and what you're saying and 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 take that on board too. Um and then another question too that I just remembered another friend told me to ask was um you have you had a really unique paint style. You painted your face a really unique way. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they they were yeah. curious and wondering about that too.
0: Yeah, my uh, my father told me to paint like that, and um, in our tribe, uh, Sack and Fox, uh, I belong to the Bear Clan, so that's why I wear that red, you know, over my my eyes, you know, right there. And then um, he told me that uh, that white stripe means I'm the second born in my family. Mm-hmm. second-born son, I guess you might say. Mm-hmm. So he painted me up like that, and he said, this is the way you're going to paint from now on. You know? mm-hmm. So every time I dance, you know, I paint the same way, you know. Like yeah. my, my uh, clan colors and the white stripe, you know, second-born. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he told me that a um, long time ago when when, when uh our tribes, you know, each, each each clan had a color, you know. Each clan was designated a color so that whenever we was on a hunting expedition or wherever, when uh, those other tribes would know, see a bunch of guys over here with red on, oh, that's all the bears over there. All the bears are over there. Green, you know. All the chief clans over there, you know. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. So kind of like a strate- strategic, you know, everybody knew where everybody was at, you know. yeah. So that's why um, I belong to that bear clan. So that's why we're red and do some uh, bare paws, you know, in my bead work. Try to incorporate that, yeah. So that's why you see those things. Try to just stay, stay pretty much with that red and white. That way, my my people know who I am, you know, where I come from. But it's good to wear other colors. Sometimes I always want. I wish I could wear these colors, you know, but you know, just it's been engraved to me, you know, to wear these colors. So that's why I do that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I, I guess some guys, too, wherever their tribes are, too, they have their own paint and, and different styles, too, out there. Yeah. Something for people to ask about where they're from.
0: hmm Yeah. But, you know, it's um, it's all good. You know, everybody's tribes are different. You know, and everybody has different beliefs and and uh, different ways they do things. My uh, late father always told me, you know, when you go somewhere, you know, when you get over there, you know, go along with them, you know. Try to go along with them. However they do, it's all right.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It might not be the way we do things, but when you're there at their home, you know, go along with them, you know, try to be part of them, mm-hmm. you know. And when we come home, you know, then we can do things the way we do them.
1: Yeah, their land, their rules, their territory, their rules. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's kind of the philosophy I took, you know, whenever I go somewhere you know, to a tribe there. Go along with the way they do things, you know. It's all right with me, you yeah. huh? know.
1: Right on. Yeah, That's good advice too.
0: But we got a real close, uh, real close tie with the Cree people, mm-hmm. you know, with a lot of adopt- adopted relatives, you know, and that shared things with us, and you know, we always have a good place in our heart, you know, for those people, and and I'm like my son, you know, he lives up there too, you know. You know is he your neighbor? Yeah,
1: yeah, uh, he's my neighbor. Ronnie's next door over there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he's up there too now, you know. And my yeah. little grandson, my little Muslim, you know, you know, we have close ties with him and all of our relatives over and Rocky Boys. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a good, good thing, you know. It's a good, uh, good way of doing things and good way of being. and Try to carry yourself, and this powwow causes you to have you know a lot of powwow relatives, you know, and yeah. see about each other and help each other when you can, like that, you know. Yeah. My dad always told me too, He said, "Be, be, uh, try to be nice to people." You like if we're sitting around here and somebody was a drive up that's traveling, you know, maybe somebody from Canada or somewhere they come driving up, you know, oh, we're just traveling through, you know, we're on our way to here or there, you know, and uh, cook a meal for them, feed them, offer them a place to sleep, you know, and next day when they get up, you know, whatever money you got, you know, just try to help them out. And here, here, you know, it's not much, you know, but it's all we got. Yeah. Get some gas or stuff and eat, yeah. have a meal along the way or something. Mm-hmm. He said, because you never know, he said, Later on, your children might be traveling, and they're going to come in contact with that person or their family, and they're going to say, hey, I remember your dad cooked for my dad over there that time, and my mom, you know, they came over to your, your dad and his wife, you know, home, and they cooked for them, you know, and they gave them money the next day and sent them on their way, you know, kind of like that, you know. Yeah. Just continue on. Keep keep the good good, respectful thing going, you know. Yeah, we got a lot of uh,
1: Comanche Kiowa here on Palmaker, almost enough to start a drum group or have a powwow or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and then also like our ties too, like uh, Cree and Saxon Fox, very similar language, and then even down to the down south. So our history is intertwined way, way back when, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was um talking to up there, and they understand me, and I can kind of understand them, and that's kind of what drew us together, you know, and all my uncles, you know, I can understand them pretty good Mm -hmm. about halfway kind of what they're talking about, you know, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: but uh, it's it's a good, um, good, good, good way to be, you know, I think respectful way treat one another. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Right on.
1: Cool. Well, I appreciate your time, RG. And yeah, it's, I'll, I'll, uh, I really enjoyed everything you said and really putting things into perspective for me again. And, and it feels real good to have this conversation, and and makes me want to dance. <laughs> literally makes me want to dance and bustle up. <laughs> yeah,
0: good. Yeah, that's it, man. That's that, that's that spirit, you know, spirituality of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it totally is. It totally is,
1: for sure. For sure. All right, on. Thanks for your time. I appreciate everything. And, uh, yeah, I'll check on Ronnie over there, and uh, I wanted to work out with him or go for a run or something.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, tell them to say hello there, my little muslim there, Grayson.
1: Yeah, for sure. We will, yeah.
0: yeah. Okay, all right, Byron, thank you again.
1: Right on, I appreciate it. Yep, we'll be in touch.
2: Go Zad stand
1: by. we got some water here for your RG if you need a drink. Riff.